0: We are coming to you live. It's Monday, Gimel Nisan Tufshin, I Hay, and we're from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York. I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
1: I'm <laughs>
0: Filah opens things up here on the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. My name is Mayor Weingarten. Thank you so much for joining us, making us a part of your day. We're here each and every Monday. We're here live every Monday. Immediately following jamie D.A.M., 9 a.m. Eastern. Right now it's 3 p.m. Israel time, but as of next week it'll be back to the 4 p.m. Israel time, the usual time we're on. You can, of course, hear us. On demand, whenever you like, on the Nachum Siegel Network app, on the com page, or you can get us by podcasting through iTunes. Thank you so much for uh, all your support. Well, the elections were over last week. A week ago, we were pre-election, and uh, everybody, everybody was shocked and surprised by the uh, ultimate results. In fact. Last week we explained, somewhat, why the polls in Israel don't work. Even the exit polls didn't work. And, um, just briefly to review, in Israel many, many people lie to the pollsters. Why? Well, there's social pressure in certain cases. In certain communities people might be embarrassed to say, oh, I voted for the Likud, because their neighbors are uh, are against the Likud, and their neighbors say, oh, it's terrible, the Likud is terrible, Netanyahu is horrible, the country is in a terrible situation. Who could possibly vote for Likud? So when they come out of the polling booth, the voting booth, and somebody says to them, who did you vote for? They might say I voted for labor, when in fact they voted for Likud. Very much so in the periphery, very much so amongst Eidot HaMizrach, who are the strong, uh, not the strong, but a strong uh, demographic for the Likud. Another group, the Russians, Russian Jews, who made Aliyah live in Israel, especially the older generation, they're afraid to tell people who they voted for. They grew up in a, in a society where you kept those things secret. You didn't talk about who you voted for, and if you did, you told them what you thought they wanted to hear. So if everybody's talking about Labor winning, Labor's gonna win, Labor's gonna win, and if everybody's part of that spell, magic spell that the media put on Israel, then you come out of the voting booth, and you say, I voted for Labor, or, even on the phone, somebody calls you up, you either lie, or you don't tell them the truth, you don't tell them who you're gonna vote for, And uh, so there are quite a number of um, different populations, different demographics in Israel that don't work with the quote-unquote science of statistics and polling. The polling that might work in America, the polling that systems that might work in Europe don't work in Israel. And it's not the first time this has happened time and time again. We saw that. Um another question that really when you look back at this election there are there there are a number of key key points one is that there was a turnaround that in fact it would seem that until about a, about a week before the general feeling was that It was a tie. I mean, the polls kept saying that labor was winning, but people felt, I think, that it was close. And so, Netanyahu got into high gear, and he started what they later called the Gewalt campaign. What's the Gewalt campaign? It's when Netanyahu went around and said to everybody, Gewalt, the right wing, is going to lose... The government. We will no longer be able to rule in Israel. The left wing will take over. And you know what that means? That means they might try to find accommodations. They might try to give away territory. Things that most Israelis don't want to hear. And so, a lot of people, maybe that didn't think they'd go out to vote, they heard, gewalt, 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 Netanyahu's gonna lose, and they went out to vote. In fact, 4% ...larger voting turnout this election than last election. Four percent. That's a lot. That's three, four seats. And um, the other part of the Gavalt campaign was... ...and this Netanyahu said very clearly... ...to take votes away from other right-wing parties... ...especially the Bayit HaYehudi led by Naftali Bennett. The Bayit HaYehudi, everybody was forecasting they would have like 12 or 13 seats... And suddenly they come out with eight. Where do those four seats go to? So yes, it would seem that four seats that would have voted for the Bayit Hayyudi, that are right-wing, conservative, orthodox, modern orthodox, Jews in Israel, those who don't want to see relinquishing of any territory, at least not in the near future after the experiences that we've had, by doing so, those people fell, if you will, for the Gewalt campaign. Some families, I know, some families, the husband voted Likud and the wife voted by Yehudi. In order to, you know, these are families that would have voted, both of them would have voted by Yehudi. And now they split the vote in order to, um, to, to make sure that Netanyahu stays in power. So, in fact, everybody agrees to this point that the Bay Ayyudi sort of gave up part of its limbs, if you will, for Netanyahu's victory. And um, there is another aspect to, to there, there 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 are several more aspects, but one is the Obama boomerang, the Obama effect, if you will. The fact that President Obama was so antagonistic to Benjamin Netanyahu to Prime Minister Netanyahu it was antagonistic to him even when he came to the United States and was invited to speak before Congress and and President Obama threw this temper tantrum almost almost childish but what's behind i believe what's behind all of it is that president obama is going to sign an agreement with iran and israel is petrified of this. And so at the end of the day, by President Obama making such a public display of his animosity towards Netanyahu, such a public display of his objection to Netanyahu's objection of an Iranian deal, made it clear to many Israelis that they can't rely on the United States. When President Obama said, I have your back when he was in Israel... Most Israelis turned around and said, he doesn't. He's going to sign a deal with Iran. He doesn't have our back. And so, Israelis said, if if we are going to have to now face a nuclear Iran, who do I want to be Prime Minister? I want that guy. I want Netanyahu, who can stand up to the world, who can stand up to uh, President Obama and the European leaders, and won't cave. And so... Hafuch al hafuch, as they say in Israel. The ultimate irony: by Obama, behaving in his petulant way, if you will, he definitely brought about a Netanyahu victory, or helped bring about the Netanyahu victory. By the way, he continued; he didn't call him. We'll we'll talk about that a little later. We'll get to a song after the song. We'll continue analyzing the challenges ahead and uh, and more. Um, Aaron Razel came out with uh, the Razels have something with good Pesach songs came out with a song this week Halach Ma'anya which uh, adds words also in Hebrew inviting everyone to come and eat Aaron Razel writes that the words are based on things and thoughts and ideas that he heard from the late great Shlomo Kalbach so we're debuting it for you here on the Israel show Aaron Razel Lachma Anya My name is Mayor Wangart and you are tuned to the Israel show on the Nahum Siegel Network <laughs>
2: The day they call, call it a tree, the day they say, the The world is so cute from the days that come No love to rain, no I'm telling you all the world Who is so and so cute I'm all I haya Katz Wett, the will, the will, the
0: Aaron Razel here on the Israel show. Halach Ma'anya starts off with the words from the uh, Haggadah, inviting everyone to come. Continues with his own words I've been throughout the world and I've seen a world that is hungry. As the Nevuah says, they won't be hungry for food, they'll be hungry for Divrei Hashem, Ha'olam Tzameh le-Kedusha, le-Ahava, le-Shma Tcha. Ani Mitzminet Kol Ha'olam. Misha Ra'av Yavov Yesh Makom le-Kulam. So it's a play on the metaphor and the real food versus the metaphor of the Ra'av of Divrei Hashem. Ani Mitzminet Kol Ha'olam. Misha Ra'av Yavov Yesh Makom le-Kulam. Ani Mitzmin Halayil Ha'Zeh. Kol Misha Libo all the children, the chacham, the tam, one that's lost, that ended up getting, uh, lost somewhere in, 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 in nowhere, everyone is invited, halal hazekulam Aaron Razel, uh, really pretty. We're gonna post a link to all the songs we play and a link to this one as well so you can hear it on, uh, YouTube, whenever you like. We'll post that a little later on today on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Israel Show. We invite you all to take a look at that and uh, give it a like as well. Israel does face, we're discussing the uh, election, the election consequences, the results, the reactions. Israel faces a great challenge. Um, there's no question, I believe, that the U.S. is going to sign a deal with Iran and president obama's paving the way to the first radical islamic state to have a nuke it, and it's frightening it's frightening it's frightening it's frightening for everybody so um i think uh, this this is the major challenge that uh, netanyahu is going to face um the news from israel today is that uh not that it was any not that there was a doubt but it's official that um all the major parties that were expected to do so, the usual suspects are recommended to the president Ruby Rivlin that um, he should work with Netanyahu that they want to work with Netanyahu and be part of his coalition and um, and so uh, Ruby Rivlin will basically be forced to, uh, to, to uh, um, give the job of putting together a government to Netanyahu. You have to understand that Ruby Rivlin and Netanyahu were once good friends, but have had a falling out and, and, I, I don't like to say hate each other, but hate each other. And, and it, it's quite frankly not a pleasant thing for Ruby Rivlin to give the job to Netanyahu, but that is what he has to do. The president of the country has to officially do it. Um wanna play for you. Uh, some clips today of um, Israeli reaction. Benjamin Netanyahu during the campaign went to visit the c- city of Ely in the Shomron. There he met Miriam Peretz. We spoke about her several times. We uh, focused on her last year on Yom mot on Jam and the AM. She is a most impressive person she lost two sons in the army, and yet she continues to be optimistic, to be full of hope, and she encourages others to do the same. And uh, Netanyahu met her. It's a long story with a letter. won't do it now. We just don't have enough time. We'll tell it some other time. But Netanyahu, when he was in Ely and met Miriam Peretz, she gave him so much chizuk, so much encouragement, so much positive uh uh feelings and vibes that he said that no matter what the result will be, he Benjamin Netanyahu will make his first call after the election to Miriam Peretz and he did at 10.01, 10 o'clock the polls closed at 10.01, he made the call to Miriam Peretz um, I don't know if you hear the background noise there is a lot of background noise here at our broadcast site Uh if it doesn't stop maybe we'll go to some music Well, I think it stopped, at least for now. So, here we go. Here is Miriam Peretz saying how at the end of the conversation she told Netanyahu that if he would be there with her, if he would be standing there with her, she would put her hands on his head like she would do for her children and give him a bracha. Here she is, Miriam Peretz.
1: ולכן אמרתי לו, בסוף שאם הייתי עומדת עכשיו לידו, הייתי מניחה את שתי ידיי על ראשו, כמו שאני עושה לבנים שלי, והייתי מברכת אותו, הוא מצא חן ושכל טוב בעיני אלוקים ואדם. זה מה שאנחנו צריכים. ובעזרת השם, אנחנו, אנחנו של...
0: So what's interesting is that one would expect the right wing in Israel that came out of the jaws of defeat to victory, they would be gloating somewhat, and the truth is they weren't. And that's very, very interesting. They made a point of it. Don't gloat. Do not get, get into this mode of, of ha ha ha, you see, you see. Because ultimately, we are one people. And that's such an amazing difference between Israel and other countries. Americans, there's Republicans, there's Democrats, there's left, there's right, and even after the election, they're all Americans, but they're still very divided and very divisive. While in Israel, everybody remembers that at the end of the day, we are one people. And if, God forbid, we have to go to war again, if, God forbid, other troubles, like the kidnapping of the three young men in the summer, and any other difficult situations that we face, we are united, we live together, and we need to be together. So there's no gloating on the right. This is a a clip that I took off of a radio uh, broadcast by Arel Segal, it's uh, his show, he has a daily show, Arel Segal, the name of the show is very cute, Loso Otemetapé, doesn't shut his mouth, and the guest in studio he has once a week, her name is Tamara Sraf. she actually lives in Ely, wonderful people, and Arel Segal tells how um, his family, he married uh, a kibbutznikit uh, from, from a non-religious family, and he tells about how his wife's family are all left-wing uh, supporters. And during the election, he told his children, Ariel Segal, a right-wing person, in fact, he was offered a seat on the Likud uh, list by Netanyahu, but he turned it down for for reasons that he felt that he wasn't a good enough politician. Ariel Segal said to his children, look, if we lose, they will be very happy, our relatives on the left. And we have to remember that they are our family, and that we are all one people. And now that it turns out we won, we have to remember the same. Tamara Raf also Chazeret B'truva has family that are very left wing. Tells about how during election day they sat around the table together. It's a day off in Israel, and all the relatives, you know, raised the glass. Lachaim. They thought that they're going to get rid of Netanyahu and bring in a left government and how she felt to herself their excitement will mean for me that i'm going to be thrown out of my house in Ely. and yet we are one people we are one family and we have to continue to live together so this clip is from uh, los temetape the day after the elections ariel segal and tamar asraf
3: basof <laughs> basof אני מספר מה שסיפרתי כבר. אתמול בבוקר, לפני שיצאתי לעבודה שנמשכה עד אחת בל... וחצי בלילה, קחתי את הילדים שני, הם לא הלכו, כי היה היום שם מתון. והם היו מאוד בעניין של הבחירות, בכל זאת, הם ואמרתי להם, אמרתי את סבא וסבתא שלכם, הדודות שלכם, כל מי שגר בקיבוץ, כולם מצביעים למכנה הציוני ולמפלגות שמאל. ועדיין הם המשפחה שלכם. ועדיין אנחנו עם אחד. ועדיין אנחנו נצטרך מחר בבוקר גם אם נפסיד לבוא, אנחנו לא נגיד שאנחנו אה, הולכים וכועסים ומתרכזים ומחרימים ומתגרשים, לא, אנחנו עם אחד, לקבל את ה, מה שקרא דין כי זה דמוקרטיה, ואם העם יחליט שאנחנו, שהשנטון הזה לא נכון, אז אנחנו נתנרן, אנחנו זה, קשה, אבל אנחנו בבקבוד כי זה זה המשחק, זה חוקי א missedak וכак א ואמרתי להם את זה, ואמר, אמר, לא ימת זה לא נִפְסִיד מָה שֶׁנִּפְסִיד.
4: יש את ויש גם
1: בייאוש בכבוד זה סיפור אחד אותו אבל יש משהו, תהי הכי מפחיד ובגלל זה אני גם אני הייתי אתמול באמרת לכם הייתי באירוע משפחתי גדול, יום הולדת משפחתית רוב שישבו שם הצביעו או יש או מחנה ציוני או מרץ לחיים בשעה שתיים לקום חדש תקווה אמיתית כשאני יושבת שם ויודעת שהמשמעות של חלק מהתקווה שלהם זה שמפנים אותי גם מהבית. ו...
0: והבוקר ש... שקמים למציאות הזו, אני צריכה לראות איך התקווה הזו שלהם לא לפח. ¡Suscríbete Bayamim She'avru Aleinu. Hadass Kleinman and Aviv Becher here on the Israel Show. My name is Maya Weingart and you're tuned to the Nachum Siegel Network. The Israel Show is sponsored by Nefesh Benefesh, a most amazing, fantastic organization that has dedicated itself to helping people make Aliyah. I had an email conversation with a friend of mine who made Aliyah decades ago. And he was writing an article asked me to write a quick thought about why is it that religious Jews who live in America don't make Aliyah. So I wrote, wrote a little analysis about that. But one of the points is that thanks to Nefesh B'Nefesh, more and more Jews, Jews of all stripes are making Aliyah because they have made it their business, their only business. To make each individual's aliyah as successful as possible. So we encourage you to take a look at their website, to think about making aliyah, to plan, make, to plan your aliyah, even if you don't see it in the immediate future, to think about it and strive towards it, because it is one of the great mitzvot that we have as a Jewish people. Take a look at their website, nbn, nefesh bin nefesh, nbn.org.il, nbn.org.il and see what they offer for people interested in making Aliyah, and see how they can make your Aliyah easier than you can imagine. The Israel Show is proud to be sponsored by Nefesh Benefesh, revolutionizing Aliyah. Um, We were talking about the aftermath of the elections, and um, there are aftermaths of the elections in the United States as well, and part of that is... The continuation of the animosity being shown by President Obama to Prime Minister Netanyahu one of the symbols of that, and it's a symbol, but it it, it, it becomes meaningful as as uh, something that you look at and think about in historic perspective that President Obama didn't pick up the phone and congratulate Prime Minister Netanyahu. Marco Rubio is the senator from Florida up and coming in the Republican Party. Made a great speech. Great speech. On March 19th, two days after the election. I am uh, looking at a transcript of it, but uh, the video, the YouTube video of it, is widely being shared on the Internet. I will post a link both to the transcript and to the YouTube video. So you can take a look at it. It is an excellent, excellent survey of the Obama administration's attitude towards Israel. A must. He started off discussing the uh, post-election situation. So here is Senator Marco Rubio of Florida on the uh, post-election Obama-Netanyahu
5: situation. Let's begin by the aftermath of this recent election. As far as I know, maybe this has changed in the last few hours. After this election, the president has yet to call the prime minister. That is unlike, of course, the fact that in March of 2012, he was among the first to call and congratulate Putin in Moscow. Or that in June of 2012, he was among the first to call Morsi in the Muslim Brotherhood when they won the Egyptian presidency. Or that in November of 2012 they called to congratulate the top Chinese communists on their new position, which by the way is not elected in the way you and I would consider there to be an election. Or the fact that in 2013 it was a historic phone call they brag about how they called the Iranian president and congratulated him on his election. And of course in August of 2014 he called to congratulate Turkey's president Erdogan and on and on. Time and again this president is made of habit of quickly calling these leaders when they win. But as of 4.40 Eastern time, as far as I know, that call has yet not been made.
0: Isn't that amazing? He picked up the phone right away to call Putin, Morsi, the Chinese communists, the Iranian presidents. It's almost like there's some sort of a love affair with, with dictatorships, with despots. It's crazy people say that today, in the world, the U.S. allies, the friends of the United States, don't trust us, and our enemies don't fear us, and I think that has something to do with um, the way our president conducts his foreign policy, and we will hear from our president. He gave a, um, he gave an interview to Sam Stein, and it was uh Video of it is on the Huffington Post. We'll set a clip. We'll send you the clip of that as well, so you can see it. Not that we're very proud of it, but still. And uh, we'll play you clips of that, and you can hear things that I think are quite remarkable in uh, things that he has said regarding Netanyahu and the elections in Israel. We'll get to that soon. First, we'll debut a new song for you. It's called "B'shata Tefila," sung by Yossi Ben Ami, words and melody by Nadav Peretz. Tefila of Khatan, as he's about to get married. Baruchini Elokim, Aninini Elokim B'shata Tefila Shemachaset Paneh Hasamuch Lachupa Simyad Al Roshi Shemashkel Taya'in. And so forth and so on. Beautiful song. Yossi Ben-Ami, we're debuting it here on the Israel Show. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Seagull Network. (laughs)
6: A little king, small and I Mikora, <imitation> it <imitation> Eli, small and לוטך לרעד ברחי אלוקים להביא ילדיך לגדלם בערנבה לקיים מצוותיך שלח לי ברכה אל ביתי את השכינה, תורה ומצוות לקבלנו באהבה שמקדש נשבר ומציר בקטובה שרוצה אותה רעיני. عائشة وندل التبات I'm going et Brand
0: new. Bishata HaTefilah, Yossi Ben-Ami, debuting here on the Israel Show. My name is Mayor Weingart, and thank you so much for making us a part of your day. Assuming a lot of people are getting ready for Pesach, so we hope that this is, uh you're going to enjoy having us in the background while you're doing whatever the Pesach preparations are. We're discussing the aftermath of the Israeli elections, the shock, the awe the craziness. In Israel, we spoke a little bit about the right wing. The radical left wing yet again showed its face, and we spoke about it this last week, the hatred of the radical left toward the majority of Israelis. Gidon Levy of Haaretz is one of the most radical leftists in Israel. I don't know why, why Haaretz. Well, I do know why, but I think it's a little crazy that they allow him to write some of the stuff that he does. The day after the election, he writes about how during the night when he saw that Netanyahu was winning and the majority swung to him, he realized that his dream of uh, replacing Netanyahu This terrible, terrible, horrible Prime Minister, as he says. The dream is gone. Netanyahu is going to be again Prime Minister. He doesn't know what to do. And so he says, clearly what we have to do is to change the people. We need a new set of people because these people don't know what they're doing. It's amazing to me how liberals can't accept the majority when it's against them. If you're a liberal, you're supposed to be tolerant of other views, not just of your enemy's views. And you're supposed to be uh, understanding of the majority rules. Well, doesn't seem to work. And how did President Obama react? Well, he gave an interview to Sam Stein, videoed on the Huffington Post website. We'll put a link up to it going to play some choice clips for you, share with you some of our thoughts. So here's the first one. Let's try and get this on right. Okay, here we go.
1: Given Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's recent comments on the two-state solution and the close of his campaign, can the U.S. continue to oppose Palestinian efforts to gain statehood through the United Nations?
7: Well, uh, I had a chance to speak to Prime Minister Netanyahu yesterday, uh, congratulated his party on uh, its victory. Uh, I did indicate to him that we continue to believe that a two-state solution is the only way for the long-term security of Israel if it wants to stay both a Jewish state and democratic. Uh, And uh, I indicated to him that, uh, given his statements prior to the election, uh, it is going to be hard to find a path where people uh, are seriously uh, believing that negotiations are possible.
0: It will be difficult to find a path where people are believing negotiations are possible. Why? Because Netanyahu made a statement taken out of context in which he said that he will not give up territory during this next um, um, uh, cycle, during his premiership now. Because the situation is such that every time we have done so recently... We have gotten rockets and war from the places that we see the territory from. Now, that was taken out of context, and immediately after the elections, Netanyahu got on the air in America and in other places, gave a lot of interviews, and he said, I didn't say I don't believe in the two-state solution. I just don't believe that it can happen now. And that's true, and most of the Israelis believe that. Now, even if he would have said that, I think we all know that politicians lie. I don't think it's good. But President Obama, who walked around the United States of America for months and months prior to the election, his second election, saying, if you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. If you like your plan, you can keep your plan. Obamacare won't change that. Knowing that it's a blatant lie. And after the election everybody and he and, and then he delayed the beginning of Obamacare till after the election so people shouldn't be able to figure it out. And then he said, Well yeah, I shouldn't have said that, yeah. You're 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 giving Musser to Netanyahu? And you're not ready to accept the fact that he says that's not what I said. <sighs> On the other hand, I give President Obama credit. I give him I give him thumbs up for saying that the United States will not forsake the people of Israel. Notice he didn't say the government of Israel, but the people of Israel and keeps them safe. Here's clip number two.
7: We're going to make sure, uh, regardless of disagreements we have on policy, that our military and intelligence cooperation to keep the Israeli people safe continues, uh, and that cooperation also helps the American people stay safe.
0: I give him props for two things. One is for saying that we're going to do everything militarily and so forth to keep Israelis safe. But I also like the fact, and this was not widely reported, that he, he stressed and emphasized that the cooperation that America has with Israel helps keep Americans safe. That is such a key point. Because it's true, in a Middle East that is going absolutely berserk, Israel probably provides the best intelligence to the United States, intelligence that we need to to fight the Islamic radicals, even though Obama won't call it that. So props to President Obama for saying that. I I made a point of keeping that clip in because I think it was important to show that there were positive messages in uh, in his interview. Okay, here we go. Clip number three. Listen to this one. This is going to be interesting.
7: But we are going to continue to insist that from our point of view, the status quo is unsustainable. And that while taking into complete account Israel's security, uh, we can't just, uh, in perpetuity maintain the status quo, expand settlements. That's not a recipe for, uh, for stability in the region.
0: That's not a recipe for stability in the region. The status quo. I mean, what can we say? Like I sometimes... My head is going to explode. Stability in the region? What stability? What region? What are you talking about? Israel is surrounded by one humongous instability. An unstable situation that you can't even imagine. That is, to a great extent, the result of President Obama's foreign policy or lack thereof. Syria. Lebanon. ISIS. Iraq, Iran, the place is falling apart. No, 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 but 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 we can't continue to allow settlements to expand. That's the great devil, because that that's just going to uh, not there won't be stability. It, it boggles the mind. It really does. I don't know. I don't know if he believes it or not. Maybe he believes it. I don't know. Okay, here we go. And, and about another, about another thing that Benjamin Netanyahu said, and it was taken out of context, many have quoted him as saying to the uh, Israeli uh, Jewish electorate, get out there and vote because the Arabs are voting in droves and we have to go out and vote. What he said was, and by the way, if he would have said that, I would say that's a terrible thing to say and a big, big mistake. That is a terrible thing to say. Quite frankly, I was shocked and people kept saying to me, yes, he said it. Yes, he said it. And I was looking for sources. This is what he says he said. Benjamin Netanyahu, after the election, said that there is a major push by foreign entities, countries, NGOs, organizations, and others, a major push backed by tremendous millions, lots of millions of dollars, to get the Arab vote out. And so we have to be aware that there is such a push, which there isn't amongst the Jewish community, or at least amongst the right wing. And so we have to make sure to vote as well, because we don't want this foreign influence to affect us. Now, it could be that that was... Also not a smart thing to say. Either way, either way, uh, Netanyahu made it very clear that he did not mean by that anything against the Arab community and so forth. Here is President Obama's uh, reaction to that one.
1: What was your reaction to his warning on
7: Election Day about Arab voters, quote, heading to the polls in droves? We indicated uh, that... That kind of rhetoric was contrary to uh, what is the best of Israel's traditions, it, uh, that uh, although Israel was founded based on the historic Jewish homeland and uh, the need to have uh, a Jewish homeland, uh, Israeli democracy has been premised on everybody in the country being treated equally and fairly. And uh, I think that that is what's best about Israeli democracy. Uh, if if that uh, is lost, uh, then I think that uh, not only uh, does it give ammunition to folks who don't uh, don't believe in a, in, uh, in a Jewish state, but it also uh, I think starts to erode. Yeah. Um, uh, you know the meaning of democracy. Can you unring that bell, basically? Well, uh, I think that's probably a question better addressed to. Uh, the Prime Minister. Well,
0: there's an interesting collusion there between the uh interviewer and the interviewee. I I'm not sure who was who was more anti-Netanyahu, whether it was the interviewer, Sam Stein, or the President of the United States. But I love, uh, don't you love how he says that um, this would contribute or could contribute to the erosion of democracy in Israel? Again, He's not taking into account what people say before elections, and of all people, he should. He's not taking into account how Netanyahu explained the context of what he said. But he goes right away to this erosion of democracy. You know that the third largest party in the Israeli elections is now, the result of these elections is now, the united arab party that has i believe 15 seats in the knesset more than 10% of the seats in the knesset do you know that the election committee that oversees the entire election process making sure everything is done kosher viyotcha as they say is uh, is headed by a judge and this election cycle it was an arab judge There was an Arab citizen of Israel who was the head of the election committee making sure everything worked the way it should. I believe more Arabs voted in a real democratic election in Israel last Tuesday than did in the entire Middle East probably over the last I don't know how many years or decades. Where else are you going to find Islamic women Going out to the voting booth and voting. It is amazing that in face of all of that, it flies in the face of everything Obama said. He tacks on to an out of context statement, and even if it would be an in context statement, it was wrong. And I think Netanyahu apologized if it was misunderstood. To overlook the the democracy of Israel. To overlook the fact that the third largest party is an Arab party. To overlook the fact that in that Arab party, quite frankly, and it's scary, are Islamic radicals, Muslim Brotherhood, that are not allowed to run, for example, in Egypt. To talk about the erosion of democracy in Israel is just... I must say beyond comprehension for me. I, I have always had my doubts about President Obama. I must tell you that, uh, doesn't really get any, uh, any better as time goes by. It is scary. I'm, I'm scared. I'm frightened of what's going to happen with Iran. And, uh, let us all hope and pray. Let's pray that whatever has to happen, happens in the right way. So, thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to close out the show. Let's see, what should we close it out with? How about Hanan Ben-Ari and Mimcha Ad-Elai, a relatively new song, really cool. We all like it here at the Israel Show. Before we go to that, we're going to say thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for all your Facebook likes and comments. Continue please to check the page. We're going to be posting all day today links to the different things we discussed. Facebook.com slash the Israel show. Encourage your friends to, um, to go to the page and uh, comment and like it if they like it. You can email me mayor at nachemsegal.com. Mayor, M-E-I-R, M-E-I-R, mayor at nachemsegal.com with any of your thoughts, opinions. Comments? I thank the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network, and my very special thanks, as always, to Nachum Siegel. He's in Israel this week, so stay tuned. Continue to stay tuned to uh, the D M shows that are taking place live from Israel for the rest of the week. Coming up on the Nachum Siegel Network, immediately after the Israel show, encore performances of Eternal Flame with Rabbi Y.Y. Jacobson and headlines by David Lichtenstein, after which... The Great Monday Music Marathon provided by Mark is going to be on, so stay tuned all day, all week to the Nahum Siegel Network. Until next Monday, following J.M. in the A.M. My name is Mayor Weingarten, reminding you that nice guys do not finish last; they're just running in a different race. <laughs>
4: Dark, they don't know. They chase you and laugh. Ah, i Stars I'm traveling to the stars. the wings of angels, I'll hold you and share the sadness in our time. I'll to to the the